I want to introduce another wonderful person who is basically family to me. He is my husband's sister's boyfriend. So my sister-in-law's boyfriend. (laughs) I've known him for almost four years and we've shared some really funny stories about growing up with Latin parents and we'll get into specifics later to explain, but he's just a really kind and special person and I'm so happy to have him on the podcast to share his story with everyone. This is Thomas. Thomas Rodriguez, welcome to First and Friends. Hello, <laughs> thank you for having me. Um, of course. And for, for doing this in general, it's awesome. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've had some really cool people on here, so I'm glad to add you to that list. Let's start from the beginning. Where did you grow up and where are both of your parents from? Yeah, so I grew up in central New Jersey, which is a place. Don't let anybody tell you differently. Um, And my mom is from England, from the northwest of England, so about an hour north of Manchester. And my dad is from Lima, Peru. Uh, specifically Callao, which is the port of Lima. Um, they met in England when my dad was working there and my mom was his boss's secretary, which is always always gets like a scandalous reaction. Ooh. I don't think it was that scandalous at the time. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so that's how they met. And then so he was he was moving here. Well, well they had gotten married over there as well. And, and then they, yeah. they moved uh, Jersey and um, yeah they had my, myself uh, and my younger sister Sarah um, who's four years younger than me and yeah so so that's the, the, that side and then my dad before he met my mom was married in Peru and had good. three kids two twin boys and one uh, daughter so um, I'm technically one of five but I really am, I am one of two, but you know, they're technically my half siblings, but I've always considered them my full siblings. I just feel like half isn't a, isn't a phrase you use in terms of brother or sister or anything like that. So we're, we're very close, but in terms of immediately growing up, I, I grew up very closely with my, my younger sister. Growing up, it was, it was really interesting, right? I, I, I remember vividly my, each of my brothers and my older sister at one point came to live with us in the States. Um, they were they were all lived in Peru uh, and, and still do except for my, my sister lives in Jersey as well but my older sister lives yeah. in Jersey as well um, but they all at some point spent like a year or, or change uh, living at the house that my sister and I grew up in in New Jersey with my dad and my mom um, and so they always they kind of like came in and out and I had like years or so with each of them and I vividly remember that all of them each of them like arriving because I always was like wow this is another brother another yeah. sister that I have which was really cool, um, and they, but they, the, the age gap between us is pretty significant, right? I think they're they're yeah. probably my my I just my older brother actually just came to visit. He's forty four. I'm <laughs> I'm turning twenty eight this year, so there, there's there's a good amount of I mean there's a that, you know, 10, 15 year age gap. Um, yeah. So they were always much older than me, and, and definitely had their life together. Whereas I was, you know, whenever they came to visit, I was like early teens, right? Like 10, 12, 13. Um, but they were always kind of like my older siblings that, that I thought were so cool. Um, so they're, they're fully Peruvian, right? And, and I mean, they are, you know, they were born and raised in, in Peru. They speak English, all speak English as a second language. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are fully Peruvian. Um, I'm half, obviously, but um, yeah. you know, they, they really, they look Peruvian. 
they sound Peruvian. Um, so they, it, that, that was always really interesting to me. And, and, and being with them, I thought was always, you know, whenever we go out anywhere, um, that was always very interesting because it was always like, oh yeah, this is my younger brother. And like, you would always, I would always get like double takes and, and that kind of thing. And I think that was, I mean, in, in a smaller sense that, that, that happened on a much bigger scale with my dad as well. So, um, you that know, my, you were my, his my, son. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm a white kid with green eyes and, and blonde hair. And, uh, especially when I was younger, I was like platinum blonde hair. Really? So, yeah. I was really, really blonde. And, uh, my dad, you know, is a, a Latino man with, uh, you know, darker brown skin and, and black hair. And so, you know, anytime I would go anywhere with my dad, um, I, it was always, uh, I'm not saying people like looked at us different, at us weirdly, but they were always confused. And I, and my dad always says that like, you know, he would go take me places and they'd be like, there's no way that's your son. <laughs> and I think it's now if we stood next to each other, you would totally, you know, we would totally, um, we totally look alike for sure. My dad always says that like my, like I am my dad's like, like my dad is like sketched or, or drew me. And then my mom colored me in because my mom is like blonde haired, like a white lady. English. <laughs> But I, in terms of structure and like my nose and my ears and my chin, that's all my dad. Um, yeah. So yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think you know, growing up, it was it was definitely I definitely got some looks and people would. It was never anything that like people thought I was stolen or anything. I'm sure my dad will make a joke make and tell joke. you differently. But um, I mean, definitely, yeah. It was always a, a case of getting double takes. It's like, oh wow, that's your son. And, wow, I wouldn't guess that. I was like, yeah, that is. To the point where there was one time we were taking prom pictures. It was either the prom or I know it was. Uh, formal for middle school yeah and uh i had this friend who was ecuadorian and he um we, we played soccer and we were very, very close and we were at, at pictures and uh my dad knew the kid and kind of watched him grow up as well so my dad was taking pictures of him for his to give to his parents yeah. and uh whoever some, someone came up to my dad and was like oh is that your son uh because you know he was the kid was ecuadorian and the other kid yeah and my dad was like no that little blonde kid over there. now that you can like look back at that time in your life like how did that make you feel what yeah. were your thoughts at that time i think it was always like confusing you know yeah um, i want to and listening to kind of you know the other podcast that you and the other episodes that you've done i, I thought i i when i was listening to those i was like i was thinking about kind of my own experiences growing up yeah. Um, right. And, and I, I definitely, it was definitely different. Right. I, I mean, I'm, again, I'm a white passing male. Right. So I, I can't say that I was like made fun of or for, for being Hispanic or anything like that because yeah. I, or, or Latino because I, I'm, I wasn't right. Because not unless you knew me, you wouldn't assume that, you know, growing up, it was always, it was always like kind of confusing, I think. Um, yeah. because I was, um, I'm, I'm very proud of, of being, half Latino and, and I, well, I consider myself Latino and I'm very proud of that and, and but it, but it's not something that is very you know apparent right and unless you know me except like you said if you know my last name yeah that's something you would pick up on but otherwise uh, you wouldn't and so um yeah it, it was always a confusing thing it was always weird to have to convince people that you were Latino right it's like no 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 I am I'm Peruvian and they'd be like no you're not get out of here you're not Peruvian so, no I am I, I'm, my last name is Rodriguez yeah. I would like, you know, obviously now I have a driver's license, but at that point I would probably have to show them like my middle school ID or like my high school ID or something. And be like, no, it's true. And then I'd have friends who would vouch for me. Like, yeah, no, no, I know his dad. He is. He is yeah. But that was always a thing. It was very weird to have to convince people. You know, like you, if I told someone, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm English. 
They're like, oh yeah, of course, yeah, that totally yeah. makes sense. But no one asks questions. Like, yeah, exactly. And to, but to say like, oh yeah, I'm I'm Latino. Like, no, no, get out of here. That was always very weird. To me, Did you feel a sense of pride then? For example, for me, I was actually I was not proud when I was younger because people made sure I knew I was different and that they would make me feel different. So did you feel like you just like, I'm not even gonna go there and like try to explain yeah. myself? I, um, I, I was always very proud mm-hmm. of being where I'm from. I still am very proud of, of, growing, of being where I'm from. I think a lot of that is because I was able to visit those places a lot as a kid. Yeah. So like every other summer I go to like visit my ex family in Peru and then go visit my mom's family in England. And I think as a result of that, I was just, I thought it was, I thought it was the coolest thing. Yeah. And I, and I still am, I, I still am very proud of that. And so I was very, Proud, and I was and am very proud to be from both of those places. Um, but, I, but I'm not going to lie. I, I remember I definitely went through phases of it. I mean, I think in, in preparing for this, one of the things I was reflecting on and thinking about was I, I remember it was very bizarre. But there was a period in middle school where, like, uh, it, it became a thing where, like, everybody who was Hispanic was labeled as Mexican. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was like just it was just kind of came a thing where, like, they would make fun of you for that, and they would, um, you know, they would say like, "Oh, your, your family hopped the border," and all these things. Yep. And the, terrible in the way kids kids are, right? You know, I'm not saying right. I have a list of those kids that I keep on my wall that I, I think about, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just like if there's a kids, you don't know any better, and I'm, and I'm sure all those people right. are lovely now. And, and they, and they also learn them. that from some. They, exactly. Like they learn that. That's it was not like, like, it was like on like yeah, Comedy Central or, or you know whatever back then. Exactly. So I remember, but I remember as a part of that, like I got looped in that because it was like, you know, my dad was, was Latino and brown. Yeah. Dad, they were calling me like a, a fence hopper and that kind of stuff. And I remember I had like lunch. There was a period where I would just get ragged for that. And I think that in that moment, I, um, I kind of, that, that's if I think about my life and, 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 all, and the experiences I've had with being who I am, I think that is probably where I felt that, like, to your point, kind of. Most sh- not shame, but you know, lack of pride or, or, or anything, yeah, anything like that. Where it was like, oh, yeah, this, it doesn't feel nice to be that, but then kind of, I think, on the flip side of that, um, that I think really informed my experience and a lot of other things in that capacity that informed my experience of like almost being like an ally to, to that community, you know? yeah. And like, I, I mean, that one little bad middle school memory is really all I can speak to, and I know it pales in comparison to some of the things that. Latinos and other people of color and that go yeah. through on a, on a regular basis and it is not something that they can easily hide from and, and that and that so that always kind of was a little bit of a chip on my shoulder in, in a way that it was like you know you, you you don't know what that feels like on a regular basis but you mm-hmm. do know what it feels like and as a result of that you know you can have empathy empathy to that and, and you can you can take that with you and, and, and keep that in mind when you interact with other people and, and, and understand other people's stories and, and that kind of thing so that was always that was always ingrained in my in my mind. Yeah, was there any time where like your dad and your mom knew about this, or did you kind of keep them in the dark? Yeah, I, I definitely didn't tell them. <laughs> I, yeah. I definitely did not mention that to them. To be honest with you, one of the things I, I dealt with growing up was like not people making fun of my dad, but yeah, in a way, people kind of poking fun or, or you know like kind of chastising him or whatever at the culture i think it's more yeah, so the, culture. the culture i think the language was a big thing as well like mm-hmm. you know my dad speaks english as a second language and i always think i always thought he speaks english perfectly fine I, i've yeah. never had any trouble understanding him. yeah 
like that. Also, growing up with someone who has an accent or speaks English with an accent trains your ear a little bit, right, and, and helps you understand other people who might have accents better. I think I'm always really good at, at listening to, you know, regardless of wherever they come from, anyone who speaks English with a second language, I, I find like a weird ability to understand them better. Other people were like, what did that person just say? I was like, I know exactly what he said. I, I can hear it. I heard it perfectly. And I think, um, yeah. so, you know, to your question, I think I, I was, I kind of um, took that in stride and, 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 and realized like that's something my dad has to go through kind of pretty regularly. And it kind of gave me a, a lot of respect for my dad and, and, and what he, what he has to deal with and people who are just kind of ignorant or, or kind of not really patient in, in that capacity or and just find it easier to make fun of someone yeah looks different or looks different um I, I had a lot of respect for my dad after that because i so i i didn't tell him but i i kind of almost like realized i was like yeah i, I, I get it you know that's yeah what, that's what you go do you speak spanish or do you understand spanish uh, what's your relationship uh, with <laughs> my my spanish is really poor it should be so much better i can i can get by like conversationally like i i uh I can, I'm, my understanding is really good. I can listen. I can hear what people say. But then, my grammar is is terrible. Like it would make Spanish teachers shudder if you. Yeah. <laughs> Spanish and, but like you know, I can I can like it's like it's passable. I speak yeah. what I call restaurant Spanish because when I was in high school, I worked at a restaurant and um, I was like a food runner, and all the guys in the back spoke Spanish, and so yeah. I told them that I spoke a little bit of Spanish, and then they all spoke Spanish to me, and so I would get really good and at communicating with them and asking where people's orders were and <laughs> that kind of thing. And I think going back to what you were saying about pride, I think that like that always is, is part of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I empathize with that. And I also like, I'm very, yeah, like I said, I'm very proud of that. So to, yeah, it was like, Oh yeah, the, the white boys speak Spanish. But it was like, also, you know, the white boys also half Latino. So like, yeah. And they're know, like, Whoa, get some respect for that. And, and, and yeah, I, I, I never, I was always hesitant to, to, because I feel like sometimes when that happens, right, it almost comes across as like patronizing, where yeah. it's like, oh, you're trying to speak Spanish, but you know I speak Spanish, but you're trying to speak, speak Spanish to me. Um, yeah. But I, I always thought of it as like, no, this is just, I know you communicate like that, and I can communicate like that, and I know you're more comfortable communicating in Spanish, so why don't I give it a crack? And as a result, like, it was kind of the, the benefit of learning that was pretty secondhand, but it worked out pretty nicely. <laughs> It's interesting. So two things on my mind, yeah. the Spanish speaking to Latin, the, like Latin people, I wouldn't speak Spanish. Like I speak English because I didn't feel comfortable speaking Spanish because then they'd be like, oh, you don't know how to speak Spanish correctly. Yeah. And I did like I am fluent, but you know that I have an American accent when I speak Spanish. Right. Mm -hmm. The other thing that is on my mind is how you were referring to understanding people that English was their second language. I also understand it. And when I started in corporate America, we had partners in India and they would have very thick accents. And I remember looking around the room, like certain people would like make faces and it would piss me off because to your point, people are so ignorant. That they're like, oh, that accent they're speaking perfectly fine English and I understand them. I think, I think you also have to be so brave. Like English is so hard and to, yeah. to speak it. I think that's one of the things I've always thought about is just to attempt to speak 
English to a native English speaker. Yeah. I can't, I mean, I can't, I can't speak to that perspective, but I, right. I imagine it's got to be partially terrifying. And it, I mean, I feel that way about speaking Spanish sometimes where like, I like, I, I'm not like a very, I do. <laughs> yeah. You probably too. Right. Yeah. But like, I'm not a very nervous person, but when I try to speak Spanish, like I project a lot of confidence and that is a thousand percent a coping mechanism to hide the fact that I'm terrified. <laughs> like I speak like very confident Spanish and I, I always have, even though it's like the grammar is terrible and probably slurring my words a little bit, but it's just like, wow, he's confident. So he knows what he's talking about. Like Sometimes my cousins who are in El Salvador, when I go visit and I try to speak to them in Spanish, I never just like respect. I'm in El Salvador. You, this is your first language. And they're like, oh, Jamie, we, we understand you when you speak English. Like, it's okay. You can speak English. And I'm like, offended. I'm like, excuse me. Yes, my Spanish like, that bad. <laughs> here I am trying to make you comfortable yeah. and like, you're asking me to stop. <laughs> Going back to your brother's, yeah. Given that big age gap, do you feel like you, you know, when you did spend time with them, did you feel like you were more mature because of them? I always had these kind of older um, figures that were like yeah. a little, that were older than me. I mean, significantly, right? You're talking 10 to 15 years older than me. Who yeah. I always looked up to in, in a way, um, in a in the way that I think younger siblings look up to uh, older siblings. Just that yeah. you thought they were cool. And, wanted their attention and you wanted to do things that that um that you that would make you seem cooler in their eyes and, I, and, and that applied for my cousin my, my brothers as well i think that was a huge i always remember that was a huge part of my my childhood was, was that just like doing things to to, to impress seem like i was a cool younger yeah brother, you know what i mean Especially, and i think you almost have to not like you have to like really work at that given the larger age gap, right? If it's only like a mm -hmm. year or two years, yeah, whatever. It's like, we're essentially the same age. You yeah. Don't be that cool. Cause ultimately you could even be cooler than me, but. I just 10, want you to like me. Exactly. <laughs> 10, years, not your best Give me, validate yeah. me, please. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, they, they definitely, they definitely influenced a lot of who I was yeah. having, having them around at the same time. Um, I, I'm an older brother. Um, yeah. and my sister who I immediately grew up with, um, that was equally as important in developing who I am today. I think of, of everything I'm, I am, I'm probably the, one of the things I'm proudest of is that I'm, I'm my older brother to my younger sisters cause she's amazing. Shout out mm -hmm. Sarah, but I'm very proud of that. And, and I think, you know, as much as I was always aspiring to, to kind of be cool in the eyes of my older siblings, I think I was also very interested in, in, in setting an example for my younger sister. Um, yeah. Because I recognized that was kind of a role I had as well. So that was a bit of a balancing act for a kid, but it was it was it was fun. And you're very giving, and you're very like you're always doing things for people. Who do you attribute that to, <laughs> or what do you attribute it to? I think that's probably my mom. To be honest, yeah. Because my mom is just the, one of the most generous people I know, and I mean my dad is as well. But uh, yeah, he's so sweet. My mom, and I always think of. My mom is like a, a like the ultimate host, like the quintessential host, and yeah. you're just always so good at making people feel at home. And I think um, that's so that was so important for me uh, growing up. And and um, you know, I, I think that that's a value that that was for me in early age, is just like to to make people feel comfortable. I think that, yeah. that so many people are going through so many different things, and um, that you just never know. 
Yeah. So, you know, I think whenever someone's, someone crosses your path in life, I think it's just such like if you make the effort to be welcoming and warm and, and, and gracious, um, I think that's a, that's a, just such a good, you know, the best thing you can do, I think, that is, is, is that. Um, I try to do that. I, I hope I do that. I, I really appreciate you saying that. That's very sweet. You know, I'll, I'll pay you later for saying that. But uh, so I aspire to that. But I think the reason I aspire to that is because I'm surrounded by people who do that, who do do that. And my mom is probably the, the best example of that. Is just someone who is so thoughtful and warm and caring that it's just like you just want to be that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Why be anything else? <laughs> you know. Well, it's interesting that you say that because when I think of it, I would like to say I. I'm a good host and I yes, like to give yeah. people, you know, make people feel good, but I didn't have that growing up. Right. So I think because I didn't have that, I've always aspired to do that for other people because when I did feel loved and comfortable and safe, right. I was like, Ooh, I really want to hold on to this. And I also want to like give that to others. So it's funny that you and I both are similar in that way, yeah. but we, we got it from different from different places. Yeah, you're, you're filling it, whereas I'm trying to like replicate it. Exactly. That, I mean, that makes sense, right? You, you kind of. I, I'm trying to think of things that, you know, you know, growing up, I, I had a, I was very lucky, and I, there weren't many things that I was missing. But I'm sure there yeah. are things that I didn't have when I was growing up that I now think about um, and, and try and try and do. But you know, I, I like to think that I was. I was very lucky. I had a very happy childhood. I won't deny that. Yeah. What yeah. were some of the things you feel like maybe you were missing when you were younger that you have now? Um, for better or for worse, a lot of like junk food. <laughs> um, you had it or you did not have it you wanted it? Primarily because like my, yeah, you know, my, my parents didn't know what, you know, they came, you know, my, my parents got married in like 91 and then had me in 94. Okay. So and then that, so they were only had only been in the states for a couple of years before they had me, um, yeah. and so you know they didn't they weren't super familiar with raising a kid in the U.S. and like those types with of sour things. patch kids. <laughs> the, the the biggest the biggest thing for me is uh, I told I was talking to someone about this recently is is uh, peanut butter and jelly, um, specifically grape jelly. Like my grape jelly was was like taboo blacklisted in my family you could we would just never have grape jelly primarily because my mom's english and like jam is like you know kind of a big thing and it was still like it was still like smuckers but like it was like it was yeah. like strawberry or raspberry grape jelly was just a pure i mean grape jelly is, is pretty sugar heavy i'm like it's delicious <laughs> yeah. wrong. but it's very sugar heavy so um yeah now i understand jelly. the grape jelly in hilton head exactly exactly <laughs> so it's for me it's the so so grape jelly and then white bread as well we just weren't allowed to have white bread because i feel like my mom was always like no you got a grain and that kind of yeah thing. I don't know. but anyway so now my ultimate rebellion meal like if i'm like just lazy is just like a white bread like wonder bread with peanut butter and grape jelly <laughs> um but like i mean obviously that's a very unserious answer but um yeah i mean you know i think I'll, i think my, my both my parents were super strict growing up i mean i mm -hmm. was like i was I, I was, my dad is, went to like, was in the Navy in Peru and he went to the Naval Academy. Wow. So he was very, he came from a very kind of like militant kind of background yeah. and his, his dad was super, super strict. Um, also my, my, I don't know, I don't know if I mentioned this, if I, if I did, I'm sorry, but my, my parents both are super huge families. My dad is technically one of nine. 
he was brought up as one of nine, and then my mom is one of ten. So oh my in, God. Both, in both of those both of those households, um, I only have really only knew my maternal grandmother. But from what I've heard, in both of those households, it was super strict. And obviously, I think it has to be when you have that many kids running around. Yeah. Um, but and like, you need structure. Yeah, exactly. And so my 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 you know it was very like my mom always says like my granddad used to have like a stick on the table and if you had like your elbow on the table or you had hands on the, you know you were being rude or whatever you get like hit with the stick and he used to walk around and make sure that everybody was you know, sitting properly and all that stuff and my dad had very similar kind of the, the table manners were super important to us growing up and so it was a very like structured childhood it was very much like yeah. be respectful and be um have good table manners and and uh and you know like like for instance like stupid was like considered like a curse word in my house. like if i said the word stupid oh my god what are you doing so like it was tough you know what i mean now i understand why you're like the loveliest person in the world but, but, <laughs> I mean, you know like i think the the age-old thing right is right like when, when you have super strict parents it breeds yeah. kids that are like slightly rebellious i don't think i'm that way i never did anything like bad as a kid yeah um, but I, I think that's that was you know there was definitely a lot of structure and, and, and that was like really important you know sunday morning i went to mass every day with my every sunday with my dad and mm-hmm. um, that was something i couldn't miss like if, if i wanted to sleep over a friend's house on saturday night that's fine but yeah my dad would be in the driveway at 8 a.m like you're ready, like in your Sunday best. <laughs> I mean, you know, that was fine. I didn't have like a suit. It was just, I just had to be like there. <laughs> so that was like the compromise, but or like, you know, same thing with like soccer practice. Like I was really into soccer. I've been soccer for most of my life and same thing. Yeah. I couldn't miss it. Like I, if I had made commitments to things, I had to keep them. Um, and so like, you know, that was a really big, that was really big growing up that, that value of, of commitment and that kind of thing. And I, that's a hundred percent drilled from the fact that how strict and, and how kind of rigid my parents' upbringing was, I, I have no doubt. How were like the cultural differences between your parents? Like they, did they always agree? Mom definitely, you know, even though she, again, she came up in a very strict household, I think she had a little bit more freedom probably than my dad did. You know, my mom, the story she tells me of like a teenager in, in England and when she was like in her late teens, and, like early 20s, sounded like a lot of fun and you know like she like for instance like she went and, and she just like moved away when she was like 18 and mm-hmm. moved to brussels as like someone's like all pair and like was like really like a broke kid in brussels for like a you know a few years kind of cool like, yeah 100 percent. but like whereas my dad was like you know pretty like like school and then military school and then you know college you know like very kind of yeah. more, more rigid and, and like that so i think my mom's definitely a little bit more flexible probably a little bit softer I mean, they could mm-hmm. both come down on me if they wanted to, uh, but my mom's probably been more flexible than, than my dad. Um, I remember like the first time I got like a B on like a report card, I like hid mm-hmm. in a closet. Um, from who? Both of them? From my dad. I, I told my mom about it and like the only thing I remember my mom saying was like, your dad's not going to love this. Like, on. A B? <laughs> yeah, whereas, see what I mean? Like some kids would, lo- would like, be like, oh my God. My mom would celebrate if I had a B. Jamie brought home a B. Let's pop the champagne. You know, like, <laughs> where is that? The golden <laughs> child got a B. Um, but yeah, I mean that was. But I think that's like you know that you, that's like I feel like that's immigrant parents, right? They're very yeah. they're very high standards for their kids in, in, in a lot yeah. of capacities, and that, I think that's how my parents were as well. I thank them for it. I think they, that was great. yeah, of course. But uh, so then, 
they had super strong opinions for you to go to college. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I, I just feel like that was always kind of in the plan. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I think um, that's what they wanted for me. And I mean, like thinking about like what I wanted to be when I grew up, I, I really didn't know. I, yeah. to be honest with you, like I, I thought the one of the coolest things was that like I just thought my like it was cool that my dad like had his like act together. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he, my dad works now. He's, he works for, he works for like an insurance firm in Northern New Jersey, but he was like, he worked in like pharmaceuticals for a bit um, mm-hmm. when we were growing up. And then I would always have a kind of a, a white collar job, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying like growing up, I aspired to have a white collar job. <laughs> like, I didn't want to be like, no, but like, that's more than a lot of people yeah. have. Exactly. Like, I didn't want to, I didn't like aspire to be like an account manager, which is what I am now growing up. But like, <laughs> I think I, um, I, I was, I just thought it was very cool to be an adult and like to have your life together, you know, like, to yeah. Just be like oh yeah, you, you know, whatever it is that you do, you, you know, just you're good at it and, and you, you take it seriously and you, you know, I think I thought that was, that was cool. And so yeah. that, that, that's what I always remember. I was, I just thought it was cool. Like, hey, my dad just came home from work and he had like his briefcase and he was wearing like a shirt. And, that's so and cool. And he was tired, and, but he, you know, he had a good day's work and came home, ate dinner and. No, I was like, yeah, that's you know, that, that's all right. I can get, I can get behind that. You're like, I <laughs> can the, do that if, too. If the whole professional soccer player thing doesn't work out, I can get behind <laughs> that. Yeah. I actually, it's funny because I also thought that when I would have playdates and people's dads would come home, I was like, that's really cool because my dad came home late. Like he was a janitor, so like those hours were totally not nine to five. Um, and he worked weekends, like it was never consistent. So I feel like I did not have that stability in my life that now I do and that I like love. Going back to what you said about your, 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 your friends and their like parents and stuff like that. What, what was like, how, how would you, how did you compare? Did you, did you compare a lot? I feel like I, you know, I did. Like, what, what, what were your thoughts and like major or like comparisons that stuck with you or like things that you noticed were different? That was the. I think that was the like a pivotal moment where I started having playdates because I was like, oh, this is not my, this is nothing like what our life is like as a family. And in the episode with my brother, this is where we were like, yeah, that's the one thing that was really different was dinner time. Yeah. Where as a family, you set the table, it was like set the table and I'd be like, yeah, like I'd be so excited to set the table at playdates. Whereas like my friends were like, oh, I don't want to, you know, like be like, no. And be like, clean up after dinner. Like I would be so excited to clean up and just like that uh, experience of cleaning up with the family and everyone's like happy and I really enjoyed it. That's what I was like comparing and that's what I wanted. And it's funny cause like now Max and I have dinner together every night. I think that like value of family, cause I feel like for me, I like the Latino side and like the Peruvian side, that family is such a huge, I mean, I'm yeah. not saying it, it's very, I, I, it's not, I don't want to say it's cliche, but I think it's not, it's not cliche to say that family is a big part of, of anything. Right. But I just think the way different, you know, upbringings and different backgrounds and different countries view family is definitely obviously very different. Right. And, and, and yeah. culturally how, you know, the, the Peruvian family is versus how, you know, something like, you know, an American, you know, legacy family is or whatever how did that influence how you feel about family 
Um, okay, are you interviewing me, Thomas, or am I interviewing you? Having a conversation. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You're also so crazy. People should ask you, like, you know, no one wants to hear about me. I'm joking. Okay, so family for me, if, okay, in Latin culture, we, we can agree that family is like a huge, like you literally live exactly. 20 people in a house forever exactly. and ever. Even like you get married and you still live and like your mom moves in, your dad, like that's what is the culture, right? And for my family, what was different was that most of my family's family, like my parents' family was in El Salvador. So we didn't really have that. We had some family, but somewhere in DC, somewhere in California. And then it was my dad's, ex my dad's immediate family who was here, which unfortunately my mom didn't get along with them. So it was very like, there was a lot of drama. People wouldn't show up. There was, it was toxic. So I never really had that tight knit. All right, we're going to the holidays. The holidays were traumatic for me, right? Yeah, it's going back to what we were talking about, kind of like comparing to your other friends. I feel like almost, um, and like when you go on like play dates and stuff, I, I always thought it was funny to like compare and like just think about like, oh yeah, your family does this and mine doesn't. Yeah. But then again, I, I always like think now like, well, they might have been doing those things. It's just like I didn't see that. You know what I mean? Like I had a very sheltered view of that. Or it was like, oh, you know, this family does this thing one way. But it's like, you know, they could probably do it the same as us. It's just that. Yeah. You might not be around for it. Okay, I have one last question. What's advice that you would give to first generation today, especially in this time with like social media where they're not comparing their lives to their play dates, but they're comparing their life to what they see on social media? Great question. I, I just think that like, I think that you're perspective in life or, or like your kind of story in, in life or whatever shapes you I think that's like I think that's like your superpower you know I think that, that yeah. that's everyone's kind of everyone's superpower really right that's something that you have that no one else has I mean that's what you bring to the table and so uh, regardless of what it is I, I think you have to use that and I think that um, you know you should share that story and I and that's everyone's you know your journey is, is so important and it matters i think that's something my, my younger sister again just sing her praises all hour long but that's something she always is, is says is that you know your, your story matters and, and you yeah. matter and, and and it's so important to share that and so i think regardless of, of where you're from or what your upbringing was and um, i think to that point right you know, maybe people who are having their parents or again i can't necessarily speak from this but who don't come from a lot of backgrounds or anything like yeah. that I think they bring less to the table or, or think that they you know they don't matter as much as other stories and I, I just mm -hmm. think that's so not true I think it's so important to to elevate those voices which is why I, I think what you're doing is so cool and this project is so cool um I just think it's so important to share that regardless of who you are because I think it, it again it matters I think it's important and I think that that's all we have and, and uh, for all we have.